We're recording right now. We are. The, the mic is live. The mic is live. See, now I gotta have my radio announcer voice on. <laughs> I'll drop the register a little bit. How y'all doing out there today, huh? Good. We're doing good, Chris. <laughs> We're doing awesome. Hi, listeners. This is episode four of D Dog Talk. I'm here with Chris Hoffman, who just came into my studio apartment today. Which is lovely, by the way. I, I was kind of blown away when I when I parked, so. I got to get your tea. Oh, my tea. Your ginger. What a great podcast host. Oh, yeah. I got to have the tea. Have my the one tea. mug. <laughs> you don't have any honey, do you? I do have honey. Not to be picky and neat, but I, I do love my honey. Do you want sugar, too? Because I don't have sugar. No, honey is okay. Sugar is too expensive. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I have a set like eggs right now. I do have eggs. Do you want an eggs? No, no. Okay. okay. It's just like the whole eggdemic. There's an eggdemic going on? Well, uh, yeah, there was a bird flu that was going through and killing all of the chickens. Well, they had to kill the chickens to basically stop the spread. How am I not aware of what is happening in the world? You are the source of news for my entire life now. I just listen to NPR. You do? Yeah. Maybe I should listen to NPR. It's great. I like their content. And you know what? It's not too... It's not... I honestly feel like NPR does a pretty good job of not being too um, political. I mean, they're very political. Don't get me wrong, but they're not—they're not divisive. Mm. They cover news topics that um, people might think is divisive, but they don't ever approach it in like the way that like CNN does, where it's like literally going out of their way to attack another party, mm. which I enjoy. I like getting the news. Yeah, it's good. Chris, you're so you're so smart. You're a smart man. <laughs> listen to NPR, man. You you feel a lot smarter when you listen to NPR. <laughs> so, Chris, this, I know we were talking a bit before this, but you are going to Alabama in a less than a week for uh, for about two months. About two months. Damn. Yeah, I'm doing a job I've never done before. I'm a camera PA, uh, which apparently I'm just the step below a camera assistant. So. The camera person tells the camera assistant what to do, and then anything that they don't want to do or are too bothered to do, they'll tell me to do. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I figured it was a good opportunity to, like, learn about camera stuff. Cool. And also get money to survive in L.A. Dude, I, this is crazy. Like, I'm, I'm running away from the microphone right now because I'm grabbing a book, but this is the book that I what was this? reading. Video production handbook? So my sister, she went to... Um, her first year of college for film. This is one of her textbooks. Is she still doing film? No, she changed to global studies and graduated with that. But I was reading this because I was like, I want to get better at like directing and creating my own shit and like knowing all the camera and whatnot. But it's so dated. Do you know there's some good stuff in it? My brother has a great book that I could send you. And it's instead of talking more so about like the technical side of film, it talks about the visual side of film. That Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Like, this was more of like, what does this button do on this camera? And I'm like, I'm not going to remember that after I read this book. So no, that, that's so much, you have to do so much practice. You know what True. I mean? It, it honestly is like acting in the sense that you have to do it in order to really learn it. True. True. Um, like my brother never went to, well, he, okay, actually my brother did go to school for film, but dropped out pretty much after his first year because film school was not for him. School in general was not for him. It's not for everybody. I, it mean, is I hate not that it's like the thing that is for everybody, which is like. Well, I think especially with our generation, it was still on the tail end of like being told you have to go to school if you want to be successful. Yeah. You know, and we grew up believing that. So our generation kind of got put into the worst pocket, which is severe debt, where I'm really hoping the generations underneath us are going to think twice about going to college yeah, and thinking about just hitting the working, the workforce. That's what my brother really did after he dropped out of film. He started doing film jobs, working at the bottom of the bottom and just worked really hard. And now he's, he does camera gigs where he's actually the camera operator. And now he's learning to do, um, what is it called? Steady cam operator. Cool. Yeah. Which there's not a lot of them out there and they make buttloads of money. And he's also extremely passionate about it. So it's kind of like a win-win-win situation. Dang. Maybe I should become a steady cam <laughs> operator. <laughs> don't do it. This is why I say don't do it. My brother and my dad both work in 
behind the camera stuff. Okay. And you think, oh, it must be easier because you know you're not auditioning for things. But they have to hustle to get their jobs. That's true. And they're always calling in favors with friends to get their next job, which feels awful. It's honestly, I almost think it might be worse because you're constantly, it feels like begging your friends to hire you for a job. Yeah. You know, and that's, I don't want to be in that position. I'd rather be auditioning for people I don't know. Right. And not feeling like I'm begging for my next job. But, you know, I guess there's, there's perks to yeah, both. Perks. Dang. You have such a unique perspective because your family is just like already involved in film and stuff. And you just have so much knowledge that I don't know. And I thank you for sharing your experience Bro, anytime. with me, man. And you know what? My dad is here and he'd be more than happy to tell you all about it too. They, I mean, my brother and my dad know way more about it than I do. But this is just secondhand knowledge from honestly hearing the both of them talk to each other. Mm. And I'm just like doing the whole acting thing and eavesdropping on conversations. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other day I mimicked my dad and my, my stepmom was so impressed that I sounded exactly like him. I was like, oh my God. Uh, it's just, like father, like son, they it's the say. the things we do. <laughs> Before we started recording, we, were, we weren't actually like, this wasn't planned at all. Chris just came in and we were just having um, just a glorious conversation about career. And I labeled this episode, like just before this, prospects, that one word, because we were talking about acting studios and the possibility of starting one starting one in the future and that idea as like an 18 year old in college would have been like I would never be able to do that but now after graduating and like having a year of experience and being out here it's something that's like doesn't seem ludicrous I mean it still seems like impossible but it also you know what I'm trying to say it's like it seems like a challenge but I'm excited about it and I'm not scared to try for it I'm not you know like I have nothing to lose to not go for it absolutely you know i just i just i think it fascinates me because i would love to have a circle of people who are very like-minded in the fact that we're really pushing for each other to succeed yet exploring our own routes of acting and like even our own routes of technique but i think it'd be just so great to still have that community of people who can basically do that peer review on your work mm. and be like this is what we saw from an outside perspective as your peer not necessarily your teacher because obviously you can go out there and get an acting coach and go to classes, but I don't think very many of us out there necessarily have an acting studio the way it used to be, where it was a group of actors who were like-minded and working on their work together, Right. which I think would be brilliant to have. Let's do it. I mean, we know people, we know friends, we can make friends, and there's so many actors out here, so like, yeah, we just have to find and start doing work start doing projects start getting off our asses and creating actual stuff unapologetically because yeah. it's yeah. like the reason why i haven't done stuff i think is because i'm so obsessed with quality like it has oh, to be my perfect. god yeah me too you know me and my brother both of us and i think there was a study that came out a long time ago about like this photography class and this professor asked like 50 students to do take as many pictures as possible, like quality, like quantity. And then he told like the other 50 to do like, get one really, really good picture. And the students that came out with like the best work are the ones who took like more pictures. Cause it's like, they got practice. They were able to do different things and like learn from their mistakes. Mm. And while the other students were obsessed with like, how do I, how do I make the most perfect picture ever? And the other ones were just, I want to take a picture of that. Cause that shit looks cool. So it's like, I'm trying to apply that to my life now of like, even just with my podcast, like the past three episodes, it has intros and outros that I hate. I hate them right now, but the podcast episodes are up and I'm like thinking maybe I should just like restart this whole thing. And I have a problem with restarting and not continuing. So I'm trying to continue and just do yeah, so. You know? let, let, let it happen naturally, authentically. I, that's such a tough thing though. You know, I, I think especially, I'm going to bring this back to how we're brought up again, but like, I think through school, you're always aiming to get the best grade. You want something to be perfect. You know, at least I did. I'm sure you did as well. Yeah. 
Uh, honestly, you probably more so than me. No, no, no. <laughs> I was not the best student at times. <laughs> but I still wanted to do good work. Um, but I think you're right. I mean, you see so many people out there, which I really admire. And I think I was saying that before we started the, the podcast as well about how much I, I shouldn't say shit stuff that there is on backstage, mm. but there's stuff that I don't necessarily want to be doing anymore. But also at the same time, I really admire that there's so much stuff, stuff. out there. Yeah. Because honestly, when it comes to the stuff I'm producing myself, I wish I'd make more shit work because of the thing you were saying. Like you, you have to do shit work to really learn yeah. what works and what doesn't. If you're just sitting there looking to make the perfect picture, nothing's going to happen. Yeah. And when you do make something happen... It's probably going to be shit. It's probably going to be shit. <laughs> you haven't done shit yet. <laughs> yeah. No, that's true. But I agree. I think I'm working on that as well. And with that short film that I've been producing... Which I can't wait to see. Oh, my God. I see so many, like... Chris has been working on this short film called The Novelist. And I'll stop talking because it's your short film. No, go ahead. I want to hear what you have to say. What I, well, I haven't seen it yet because it's not out yet, but I'm just so excited because I've seen like the interview that you did with all the people. You were like in a bookshelf kind of like area and I'm like, oh, he looks, he looks so sophisticated, so put together and like, gosh, I just want to see what you created so bad because I, I, and because I know you for so, I've known you for so long, like. We auditioned together for the BFA program the first day. Oh my god! And I remember yeah. meeting this guy and like, oh, he's super cool. I hope I can like become friends with him. And then here we are, five years later, in my studio apartment in LA, like looking out literally at the Hollywood sign. Literally. And oh you're about god. to go to Alabama to be a camera PA, which is awesome, and get paid to do that, which is like amazing to say. So it's like, yeah. I can't wait to see what other things you. You do because I want to collaborate with you, and I've always wanted to do that. And it's yeah. always, it always feels like we're in different places, like different location-wise. Because mm -hmm. you, you went to get your master's degree, and I was in Minneapolis. Yeah. But now, yeah. hopefully, in two months, we can actually like do something. Well, if I recall, I remember us talking about films that we wanted to write together, even back in college. Mm -hmm. And obviously, when you're in college, it's a completely different story. You don't know what you're doing. Yeah, you're more you're obsessed with alcohol. Than so you are. <laughs> busy in life doing things not necessarily that are career oriented, but literally just living life. Yeah. Which I also think is important, which I think we both know. And a lot of actors out there know is probably one of the most important things to serve your career is living a life mm. outside of that. But anyways, coming back to the short film, uh, it was really interesting to hear your perspective on it because my, my perspective on it is, you know, I had to shittily put things together and figure out where to go to film this interview, which we figured out. We called like, you know, 8 billion different libraries and bookstores in Colorado and then eventually found one that was going to let us film there, mm. which they were really nice. A shout out to the Tattered Cover in Denver. Um, really lovely bookstore. But aside from that, you know, we were, we were setting up and they were doing, it was during their business hours. So people were walking by, we current, we constantly had to cut. Oof. And then that whole experience came a few months before we actually shot the film or like a month before we shot the film. And then that experience was also just all over the place. Mm -hmm. Like we've never done it before. All of us, like, obviously my dad and my brother have done a lot of film, but they've never done cinematic work. They've always done reality and they haven't necessarily been the ones in charge. So it was such a mess. It was such a mess. And That's I was so good, constantly though. stressed. I'm still stressed. I have to raise <laughs> another three grand so we can get the movie colored. Jesus. Which was another experience. We thought we could maybe learn how to color it ourselves, which we did yeah. a good job learning. But like, we're still novices. So if we wanted to color the film correctly, it would take us weeks. Hmm. Where we talked to a colorist and he's like, yeah, I could probably color that in like two days. Hmm. And Damn. we're all like, oh, okay. So maybe we just spend a little extra time raising money and getting it done. But yeah, it, it's, I almost feel like a fraud because everybody's expecting this, this thing from me, this, the short film. Mm. And I'm almost worried that I'm giving them a false sense of expectation where they think it's going to be this awesome, amazing thing, which to me, it is awesome and amazing because of the accomplishment that it is, mm. but not necessarily the product. And I think for me, it's never really been so much about the product. Obviously, I, I think a lot about it and I want it to be great. But more so, I feel accomplished because I did it. 
And so much of my life has been starting a project and not finishing it because mm. I'm always looking for the quality of work, which then I get scared and I stop doing that project because I don't think I'm ready or have the resources for it. So I'm just glad I've started something, and hopefully, knock on wood, this is plastic. Gets, oh, By no. the wood. By the where is it? It's all made of plastic. Uh, hopefully, hopefully it'll come to fruition, which I really think it will. I don't think anything will stop it now, but it will. There's still part of me that's I can, like I know it will because yeah. you have that gumption, yeah. and that will. Thank you for sharing all because that that is a perspective that I didn't even realize that you have this. You express like this, this this stress of that everyone's expecting it to be like this perfect thing. And I think the reason why, coming from a friend, I'm so excited about it is because this is like the first thing, this first film that you are, you know, doing. And I'm going to love it no matter what, because it is the first thing. It isn't like the number one thing. And whether it's like super awesome or whether it's not super awesome, I don't give a shit because it's like you are you are doing what you set out to do. And I feel like, and I know you're passionate about it. I know you are. Like, just looking at you, I can tell you're passionate about it. And it's just like, I get excited. And I think a lot of people get excited. I think the listeners, I think everybody gets excited when someone is passionate about something. Because you can tell when someone's passionate about it because they, they talk about it and the words just like flow out of them and they don't know what they're going to say next. Mm. And just now, you were just talking about your film and how passionate you were about it. And I'm just... It's a blessing to be able to sit here and to to listen to you both having the anxiety of like releasing the film and you know you know what you know what it's art at the other day you get to share whatever you want to share and everyone is able to make their own opinions and that's it at the end of the day mm-hmm. so there's nothing you can do besides create and do what makes you happy and that's I think my opinion on it well that that's really kind um, I think it you know I'm I'm so bad at taking compliments sometimes. But I will say it does mean the world that you think that mm. and, and are thinking about it that way. Uh, that saves me a lot of stress to know that people are just rooting for the, for the fact that I did something as opposed to the, the actual product itself. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm sure in the actual world, you know, well, this is the actual world, but, you know, like somebody who's directing a Marvel film, I'd imagine is probably way more stressed about it being a good product oh, for than sure. just making something. Because then you've got millions of dollars on the line. You've got so many other things on the line. Yeah, but... you got some top dogs about to yell at you, tear you apart if things don't go right. Well. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I guess in a way, I'm, I'm blessed that there's no actual stress, other than actually graduating. I I, I should mention that mm. this project is connected to my own graduation. Uh, oh, it's not. I didn't know that either. It needs to be done before Easter. I don't think I will have it publicly available at that time because I think we want to do a showing and a lot of the people who worked on it will be gone for a few months after that. But um, yeah, for people who donate, they do get a viewing link and that might actually come out sooner than mm. than the actual like public release of the film. So donate, listeners, because I just realized that I'm going to put links to Chris's socials and donate links and everything in the description. So do oh, that. Thanks, man. I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, I, I'm learning how to do more things because the last episode with Janessa, I just figured out how to like do all these like links and stuff. So I'm going to do that for this one too. So how, what what made you decide you want to? So I'm gonna I'm gonna turn into the host real quick. Oh man, what made, <laughs> <laughs> what made you decide to want to do a podcast? Well, it's, <laughs> I think you talked about it in that previous podcast. Yeah, like, I talk about it a lot, but like, I feel like this comes up in every episode. I, it's like my descent into badness. I like to clarify it because <laughs> I was, I'm here in this studio by myself and I have all these thoughts. I'm going through all this self-developmental change um, and just being on my own in a different like state um, away from my family and just like pursuing this passion of art and also having the financial stress of pursuing that and also you know like friends and everything and I just wanted to create a space where I'm able to say what I want to say and feel safe in it mm-hmm. and like explore philosophical topics because I always I always thought in another life I would have majored in philosophy because I'm always thinking about like what is the meaning of life why are we here what are we doing what is you know like what do we want to do and like what is our passion so it's like having this podcast is a way for me to explore philosophical topics and also make an, ex- an excuse to talk with friends and 
converse about what we're passionate about, what we're going through, be real about that, and be real about, you know, our struggles. Because I feel like so much of social media and TikTok, and we were talking about this earlier too, about how social media is just frustrating and like marketing, it feels fake sometimes. But there's not much content out there that's, you know, people talking about, you know, their struggles and like mental health issues or um, they don't have it all figured out and they're still figuring it out. And I feel like this podcast is a place for me to continue to figure it out and document that and share that and not be afraid to. Because I've always been afraid to share how I feel. Mm -hmm. I think that's also why I went into acting because, you know, to showcase that. Yeah. But even just like online, like growing up, I've had people say, don't post too many things online. Otherwise people make opinions and then talk about you. But then I'm like, if you're just authentically yourself and you are able to reach a wider audience of people and connect with them, because you can only meet so many people in a day, like in real life. Mm-hmm. But with the power of social media and the internet, you can meet everybody, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like I wanted to find a way to, to meet everybody. And I think this podcast is just a step in that direction. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. So now I'm going to ask another question, and this isn't more so about the now, even though we should think about the now more so than anything else. But one of my favorite, like, thought-provoking things is something Matthew McConaughey said, where his hero, (laughs) all right, all right, all right, his hero is himself in 10 years. I saw that on a speech that he gave. Yeah. And I've been thinking a lot more about that. And, you know, honestly, 10 years ago, I think if I was looking at myself where I am right now, I think I'd be pretty damn proud of myself. Mm. And I think you 10 years ago, looking at yourself right now, would definitely be proud of you. I mean, like, this is something I thought about um, being here in L.A., pursuing acting, working at a restaurant. Like, that was my dream as, like, a 12 or 13-year-old. Now I'm here doing it. Yeah. And... Most days it's hard. Most days it's like, fuck, how do I pay my bills? How do I, you know, I have this self-tape and I'm feeling, you know, depressed in my bed and my friends aren't here. So how do I get myself up and do that? But then I remember like, oh shit, younger me would be so happy to be here. So I'm going to dust myself off. I'm going to do my shit. And if I'm sad, that's okay. But like, get work through that. Figure out why you're sad and figure out how to not be sad. You do know, a podcast. Do a podcast <laughs> to Why fix your mental health. <laughs> we're gonna open this one up to the audience. <laughs> Why are we all sad? But no. Uh, yeah. So moving on from that, ten years from now, what do you? If you're your hero, right? Mm-hmm. Ten years from now, where, what do you want to be doing? Man, that's been. Are you? You caught me at a very pivotal point <laughs> like even just today you caught my very pivotal point in my like my wants because mm. I feel like me a month ago would have said I want to be on a tv show to pay my bills and continually act to do all of that and you just be an actor woo but now it's just it's continually changing where part of me wants to be like a teacher Because even with this podcast, it's like sharing knowledge and sharing things I wish I knew sooner with other people. Mm. And I think being a professor or being a studio acting owner would be awesome. And I think I have a lot of patience as a person. I think I could be, I want to give it a shot. You know what I mean? Mm. But I hesitate to say all of that because right now I'm going through this period of what can I do other than acting? Because I've been so focused these past five years of, you know, I gotta go to school, I gotta study acting, I gotta beeline, I gotta hustle, I gotta do all these other projects, I gotta, you know, to be the actor to get the part, and then, but then I'm like, does that actually make me happy? So I'm going through all this process of questioning, because I've never questioned it before. I've always been like, I'm going to LA, I'm going to do this, but now I'm here, I'm like, I reached it. Okay, am I actually happy? What do I actually wanna do? That was deep. I don't know. That How do deep. you feel? <laughs> I guess I, I guess I didn't really answer your question. Look, I, I, no, that was that was a great answer. I, I wasn't looking for an answer. I was just looking to hear what your thoughts yeah. were on it. Um, I think it's always tough to see where you're going to be in ten years. For me, a lot of my friends around me struggle with what I'm doing because I always am very spontaneous in their eyes. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I have a plan, but the way I get there is very 
different so I think most people I think most people have like a date they're leaving for LA mm -hmm. and for me it was like I'll leave for LA when exactly I feel like it's ready for me to leave for LA yeah me and like, different people <laughs> for I, sure. I need a date <laughs> I literally told my dad three days before I got here that I was coming dang okay um on and, the edge and, well I'm just like you know there's so many things that are always happening in life and in the world and right now I'm in no rush to get out here mm. I mean I want I've was for the longest time in a rush to get out here because I was like, when am I going to get out there? God, it's taking months. You know, I keep these things keep popping up. And I think that was really pivotal for me. I was like, it's okay that things are popping up. It's actually incredible. It means mm -hmm. that I'm, I'm living my life. I'm not setting myself deadlines and things like that, which is helpful to an extent. Obviously, there's things that you need deadlines for. Otherwise, you'll yeah. never get it done. Right. But... Like I said, I didn't really have a need or a necessity to get out here right away. Things popped up. I did them. I had so much fun doing them. I wasn't worried about what comes next. And now I'm here. And now I feel like I'm pivoting again towards what is next. What do I want to do that's next? What's going to be the next big thing? So right now, it's finishing my short film. After that, I just want to audition as much as I can. I want to find a job that I enjoy doing which is probably, I hope it's going to be serving. I hope I enjoy that as much as I think I'm going to. Um, and then, yeah, right now, me in 10 years is going to be continuing this, this journey, whatever it entails, whether I'm a successful actor in the sense of like having a reoccurring role on some TV show, or if I'm still just working a serving job and creating my own content, mm -hmm. you know, and auditioning on the side, I think, I think it's ridiculous really to think I'm going to be this thing at this certain time. Yeah. I think as long as you're doing what you enjoy doing, the outcome will come and obviously have dreams and goals, aspire to be more, but I think you're just going to set yourself up for failure when you inevitably reach that 10 year mark and you have this whole thing planned out for you and you're not there yet. Mm. You're going to feel devastated that you haven't done enough. But the fact is, is, you are doing enough. It's just a tough world out there. True. Life is hard, man. Life is hard. Life is really hard. It's not all sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> no, but you can make it so much more of that if you take the pressure off yourself. Right. If you let yourself live in the moment more often and realize the little things that can make you happy, you know? Mm. For me, that's playing Gran Turismo with my dad right now. <laughs> you know, I never really had that growing up as a kid. Yeah. Um, my dad grew, me and my dad, he was always there for me, but from a distance. He, he lived in Malaysia. I lived in the U.S. So obviously we traveled a lot to see each other, but at the end of the day, we weren't just spending days playing video games together or, you know, doing, playing catch in the backyard. We weren't doing that sort of stuff. So it's really nice to just have those moments right now. And in addition to that, he drove me to my callback the other day. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Like, it's not like I'm just completely pushing aside this whole other part of me. I'm, I'm almost adding another tier to the cake. Mm. I'm making this cake awesome. You're making the best cake ever. I'm making the best cake. Frosting, sprinkles. I don't know why cake candy. came to mind, but it's going to be Everybody a great cake. cake. <laughs> I got some cake. It. It's like not cake. It's like pancake loaf bread. Oh, you want some? That's fun. <laughs> I want have, some cake? I have my Invisalign in right now. So okay. Sure. Which Maybe. hopefully you couldn't tell. I couldn't. It's invisible. It's, it's yeah, but it kind of gave me a lisp when I started. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, now we can't do this episode. I can't have a lisp in my episode. I'm That's sorry. ableist. That's it. <laughs> That's Maybelline. That's Maybelline. <laughs> Man, we got deep there. I love that. Thank you for feeling like, thank you for sharing your life and unapologetic. Because there's, I say that because there's so many people out there, at least that I meet, who are so hesitant to like, open their heart and like share what they're feeling or just like with no filter, with no, mm. you know, like mm. agenda. And you are just one of those people I meet that is just able to say what they want to say and like wears their heart on their sleeve. So yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I think I have my moments though. I think around new people, especially I'm very, I can be very reserved. I don't know what to talk about. I, mm. I'm worried about being outside of the loop which I think I was and when I was in Wales. A lot of people were from London and, you know, they were talking about Love Island and, and all of these, exactly, all of these pop culture references that are very specific to them. Mm. And they were very pop culture oriented. So I didn't really have an in on the conversation. It, God bless them. I love them all. But 
I did feel like an outsider and I don't think to them I'd be as open as I am. Um, but for you specifically, like you said, we go way back now. Yeah. It's been, yeah. And I, I don't have any reason to, to hold back from anything that I'm thinking. Um, and I hope you don't either. And I don't think you have been. Unless there's some deep, dark that. secret. I've been holding back for five years. <laughs> I'm going to murder you in your sleep. No, <laughs> okay. Whoa. I will not do that. Yeah, at least they got evidence. <laughs> <laughs> if this ever gets posted. I think this is one of my... Gosh, I just... I If you believe in, like, the universe and just people coming in and out of your life and, like, energy and all that kinds of things, because... On a real note, these past few weeks have been very, like, even if my, in my journal, which I write in every day to, like, record my experience and just to self-reflect, like, words like isolation or questioning or lost or, you know, career exploration and missing my friends and all that, that kinds of things. And then you just texted me out of the blue, like, what are you doing today? And then you're, now you're here in my space and now we're doing this podcast. I just believe that, like, sometimes the universe listens to you and sends people your way when you need them. And just things you are saying in this interview, like even before we, we shot this, we were talking about ego destruction and my, my mission to destroy my ego. And you were like, well, maybe not do that. And you reframed the way that I think about it just in that moment. And it made me change the way I think. And it's just like you being here as a friend. And I think it's meant to be, but I hesitate to say like destiny and things are meant to be or whatever. But I'm just realizing that you being here is actually what I needed today and in my life. So thank you for so following sweet. your energy, man. That was so <laughs> sweet. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm, I'm blessed. I got to come out here and already have a friend. You know, you didn't get to do that. So that's, that's incredibly brave of you. And I want to say how... Um, I did have Emily. I did. You did have Emily. Oh, yeah. That's true. I, I guess I forgot. Emily was really the, the frontier. Though, oh, yeah. She said, I'm a go. <laughs> she said, I'm going. She's, for all of those who are listening, she's actually in the grade below us. Yeah. Uh, and she was out here before any of us. So yeah, go, she, Emily. Go, Emily. A little shout out to her. Um, yeah, she's cool. I, I'm excited to see her as well. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, from my perspective, you came out here with not really much. Mm-hmm. And I think... That's incredibly brave. I'm lucky my dad moved out here recently. So now all of a sudden I have friends and a family all in this wonderful city that I'm about to explore. Mm-hmm. Um, so partly kind of jealous of your experience in a weird sort of way. You really <laughs> my get that, traumatic that, that, that struggling actor experience oh that a lot God. of people out here probably have um, that I do not, I do not envy. But you will but, create your own experience. You will have your own experience and that's going to be so fruitful in its own way absolutely yeah but covering the topic of prospects bringing it back bringing to the it theme. back to prospects uh i just i i'm i'm really excited for what we can do together i'm so excited man i like at the end of this year like a year from today i'm so excited to see what we do each maybe together but also individually mm-hmm. and how far will like grow and change absolutely because this i've also been toying with this idea of rebirth and how in order to become a different person in order to grow you have to i'm so obsessed with you have to kill your whole version you're like ah, of yourself kill, kill. <laughs> so i'm like oh maybe you're not killing me in my sleep you're gonna kill my ego yeah kill your ego and um, then you're gonna become a whole different person but just do you want to become a whole different person that it's connected to the idea that you want to be better. You want to, you know, like chase this idea. You like 10 years from now, you want mm-hmm. to be better. You want to have this. You want to have that. You want to get rid of that habit. You want this habit instead. Yeah. And yeah, I, I do want that. But then it's also like being okay with who I am now, but also still wanting to be better. Absolutely. You know okay. I mean? Absolutely. Well, so since we didn't cover this whole ego depth topic, on the recording, I think yeah. I think it'd be interesting to, to share it. our Let's dive in. Yeah. So Derek was saying that he wanted to kill his ego or something <laughs> like that. I wanted to commit murder. He wanted. He had this whole plan. He was going to bring it up to the top of a ledge, push it off the ledge, yep. and say bye, ego. Um, but I said, don't push your ego off the cliff. 
Bring it back. Bring it back just a little bit because that ego is never going to die. And when you think you kill your ego and completely get rid of it, the thing that happens is that ego is going to haunt you and you're not even going to know it. And you're going to have the hugest ego because you have nothing to keep it in line and in check. And on the inverse of that, I don't even think you should try to get rid of your ego because your ego is essentially what I believe is helping you believe in yourself to an extent. Obviously, you can have a massive ego and then everybody thinks you're a dick. But you have to have a little bit of that ego inside of yourself saying, you know what? I am good enough. I have went to school for acting. I've learned. I can do this audition and nail it. And if somebody tells me I'm doing it wrong or I've been studying the wrong acting method, no, I'm not. Mm. You know? <clears throat> That's their ego talking. And at the, end, at the end of the day, it's art. It's so subjective. It's so subjective. Which is like... I There's no right about or wrong. that forever. <laughs> and yes, having a massive ego is bad. But I think as long as you have a healthy relationship with your ego, it's only going to be beneficial. Mm. But that's, you know, that's my own perspective on it. Obviously, you had a reason for wanting to kill your ego. Now, I want to hear what that reason is. It's, it's just like looking at yourself, looking at what you've done and not realizing or not being happy with it. And thinking you have to change, you have to do different things. You have to become a different person in order to be happier. And I think, I think that's not it. That's not it <laughs> anymore. Because it's like you get, you can find happiness where you are. But the reason the reason why I want to like destroy ego is because sometimes I catch myself like thinking I'm too good for something, or if I'm like. Mm. I'm not getting like what I thought I deserved. I deserved. Yeah. You know, and it's like you get what you get. You get what life gives you and you just got to be grateful for that because there's so many people out there that don't have what you have. So it's mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. me just constantly realizing to be grateful of what I have and gra practicing gratitude and me thinking that my ego has to die for that to continue, but now I'm realizing that no, ego is sometimes good because it also Make sure you have, make sure that you have like self-respect yeah. and like integrity. Cause that's also another thing for me now is like setting boundaries and like managing my time. My time is my time to give, you mm -hmm. know? And it's like, if I want to hang out with, with somebody, I'm going to do that. But if I don't want to hang out with somebody, I can say no and not feel guilty about that. Cause I, I would always feel guilty about saying like, no, I don't want to hang out with you or mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. whatever, whatever. But I don't know. It's a, it's a whole process that I'm, I'm like learning through. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it ends either. I think it's nope. constantly self self crazy. Self exploration and, and learning and stuff like that, which I think is incredible. Mm. I I love stuff like that, you know. Yeah. And we're so lucky to be able to do that, to like focus on ourselves and focus on how to be better. Because sometimes people don't they're focused on like their next meal. They're focused on other things, their kids or whatever. They're not focused on bettering themselves. Well, I hesitate to say that. I guess I don't know anybody. <laughs> Let me scratch I, that. I thought. think it might be more complicated than that. But I, I, I understand where you're coming from. You're saying that we, you and I are at least well, off, well enough off in this world where we have the time to really dive into who we are as people. Mm. And where, pursue art, too. And pursue art. I mean, not, you know, there's so many people out there, so many people out there who do not get the time to really be by themselves, to explore art and life. They, you know, like you said, they're struggling to put food on their table, provide for their kids. And that's really sad. It really is. And I wish there were more things that you and I could do about it. Hmm. You know, there are things we can do about it, but there's, you know, government policy that really needs to be enacted. You know, hmm. more people need to learn how to be kind is what needs to happen. But that, those are things that just don't happen. I think it's that idea of like you have this opportunity and you owe it to the people that don't to take advantage and use your opportunity and then get to a position to give back to them. That's at least my mission is like, oh yeah, you know, like, I have this opportunity to pursue this thing that I love and hopefully potentially like I want to be very financially successful so that I can help other people. I want like selfishly, I want to take care of my family, my friends mm -hmm. and myself and know that I'm well off. Yeah. And then I want to, you know, give money to people that I don't need, you know? Yeah. Like, 
disposable income. I want that so I can give it to people. Yeah, <laughs> that's absolutely. my my dream. Yeah, I think I think that's really important. Um, yeah. Amen. Amen. We're at forty-one minutes, man. We that's, talked for forty-one minutes. That's so funny that this was a completely out of the blue thing. Out of the blue thing, and you know what? Self. I'm going to get into this real quick. Selfishly. I was really, really hoping <laughs> to do the podcast that I would sometime get on your podcast. I oh, was sure. not expecting it to happen this fast, Neither as in I. literally within thirty minutes of walking through your front door. <laughs> I feel like the, these episodes, because I, oh God, I wanted to record one every single Monday. Like that was my thing. I wanted to yeah. record one weekly, mm-hmm. but I haven't recorded one for like three weeks, to be honest, or two weeks. Yeah, and I haven't felt like the motivation to do that, and I think. I'm just following the urge when I feel like this would be a perfect time to do a podcast. Give yourself the, I, I think more people need to be graceful with themselves. Mm. You know, I think that's something I really learned over this last year from being in Wales is I was so hard on myself for so many things. I felt like a failure for wanting to quit grad school. Mm. You wanted to quit? Why? I did. I did want to quit for a lot of reasons. You know, um, there was culture shock. There was living with not the best roommate situation lovely people except for one um i won't name any names (laughs) but uh and then also the school was great don't get me wrong was great but there was one class in particular that i was looking forward to and it it really did not hit expectations and i was like what am i doing I'm, i'm spending so much money and so much time doing this thing and it didn't feel like there was a good outcome thank god i stayed Thank God I stayed. I had a few friends who called me when they found out that I was thinking about leaving. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Chris, man, you got to stay. You got to stay, bruv. And that was a terrible accent. No, it's perfect. It also wasn't the accent. <laughs> I try not to giggle because I wanted you to finish the act. Continue no, they going. Got, they got like a, a London accent. And that was not a London accent. But essentially, they're like, Chris, you got to stay. Like, you're going to do so well if you stay. We, we, A, we love you. Selfishly, we want you to stay. But also, like, you're going to have so many opportunities come from this. And I was like, okay, let me think about it for a few days. Talk to some faculty. Get some more, like, more, play the field a little bit more. And then eventually I decided to stay. And I'm really glad I did because I had some of the best experiences of my life. I moved into a new house with, a, with my friend Peter Broderick. He also lived in LA for a bit, but he is he is from Ireland. Um, a little shout out to him, and he was he was a great roommate, and we talked a lot about acting. We talked a lot about life. He's a bit older than I am, um, so he has a little bit more like knowledge on life and what it means to be a young twenty year old in LA. Mm. And you know, God bless him because he he really did help me a lot. And um, honestly, he felt like a brother to me by the end of it. And now I'm here in LA. You know, one thing led to the next and I met some great people at our showcase in New York who also live in LA. So now I have a plethora of friends here, which I hope to introduce (laughs) you to. (laughs) I would say far from popular, but um, yeah. Dang. Where did that question come from? I don't remember, but I was, there was something you were talking about that I wanted to branch off of. And this is the thing that happens with when I when I already podcast. I call this like little rabbit holes. Like we're going like we're on the we're on the Perry, and then we see all these rabbit holes, and I'm like, oh, we can go down that way. We can go down that way, and then we forgot about the question. But where we landed was really awesome too. But, graceful. We're talking about being graceful. Were we? Yeah. Remember, I said that everybody should be a bit more graceful with themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I think you were putting your pressure on yourself to make podcasts every Monday, mm. um, but you weren't feeling it. Yeah. You know, that was then, now is now. Get back on the horse. And ride it into the sunset. And ride it into the sunset. Then. <laughs> Throw your cowboy hat in the air <laughs> and then shoot your guns. Hey there, Jack. <laughs> yeah, no. Remember but, our script? Like, our co- cowboy our grand gambling strip? Yeah, <laughs> which we never finished. I still think that's a great idea. Let's do it. That's going to be our first film when you come back. Do you think so? I think, uh, I I think, think we could aim cool. maybe smaller. You don't think we can afford horses and like, oh, mm-hmm. no. I well, don't think so. We should change. I that. think we should definitely keep that one in the books and work on it. Oh, yeah. That's on page but W. We're on page A right now. We're looking for five-minute scripts. So for our listeners out there, if you want to see 
two people acted out very simple Duke set it out <laughs> you know what send us some scripts we'll do them we'll do it we should hit up naomi yeah and uh, michaela we should yeah Shout out to them if you're listening to this. There, there are friends out in Minneapolis. They are two of the most funny, incredibly funniest, talented people. People I've ever met. Um, and they're they're awesome. Man, they're I'm gonna send this to them. <laughs> um, I haven't heard. There's the thing though. Like I don't hear. I don't hear a lot from people from college anymore, which is kind of sad. But maybe it's also like my problem of not reaching out. I'm very bad at reaching. Look, it's a two way street. That's what I always say. I love reaching out to people and I do it all the time mm. and honestly most of the time people don't answer and I'm okay with that <laughs> um but I you know I just like doing it. I like keeping tabs on everybody making sure everybody's okay things like that but you're doing your own thing I don't think you got to put your pressure on yourself to do that because guess true. what they they care about you they do you're on their mind but they're also living their own lives yeah and that's not that's the reason why they're not calling everybody they know and telling them how much they love them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I probably do it too much. <laughs> I don't think you do. <laughs> I mean, in this world, say what you want to say, man. Because at the end of the day, in 100 years, we're all going to be like dust. So none of it's going to matter. That's, that's, the, that's the everything, everywhere, all at once model that I've been thinking about, too. Like, nothing matters, but nothing matters, you know? like Nothing matters in the best way possible. Right. Like, we have this chance on this earth to do something great, and whatever that may mean. Yeah. And if you don't achieve something great, that's okay, too. But that's the thing. You still achieved something great. Just because it's not what you visioned yourself to do, that's great. doesn't mean you didn't do something great. Hmm. Life, like I said earlier, is hard. And the fact that you're doing it is great in and of itself. And it's very beautiful. Yeah. I think, honestly, our teacher, Tom Isabel had a lot of input on that kind of stuff yeah. where he would see the most beautiful things in the simplest of moments. And if you live your life seeing the beauty in the smallest little details, there's always something to be excited for. That's true. Damn. Glass half full, man. Glass half full. Glass is full. Glass is overflowing. <laughs> Glass is overflowing. Optimism up the wall. Maybe it's toxic <laughs> optimism. I don't know. I have been told I'm annoyingly optimistic sometimes. So maybe no. it's not a good thing. I think it's just because I've been listening to this podcast called Aware and Aggravated by Leo Skepsi. I can't remember if I'm saying his last name right. But he has such a realistic point of view. <laughs> You gotta listen to one of his episodes, but it's different than like the other podcast, the BGB Studio, which mm -hmm. I've also listened to, which is very much like positivity and like all those kinds of things. So how just, to, you know, how to, yeah. yeah. So it's just these different inputs, I think, influence at least me personally, like a lot. Because right now I'm alone, so I listen to so many podcasts, and that input inadvertently affects the way I think. You know, mm -hmm. so I feel like is that an identity issue or is it just me learning? You know. I think it's just me learning because I'm just gathering, gathering this information from other sources yeah, and funneling it into myself. For those of you who can't <laughs> see, Derek just did the bird hand gesture <laughs> while he said that. It was, it was great. That's I wish you all could see it. <laughs> we should start an improv troupe, Chris. That's oh, yeah, man. Absolutely. I, that's the, actually, so I am living out in Asagunda right now and I will be living in where did I say that? El Segundo. El Segundo. No, I'm moving from El Segundo to a neighboring uh, neighborhood. Um, and it's called, it starts with an H. Herman H. No, that's, no, that's Duluth. That's Duluth. <laughs> no. Uh, Herman. Hawthorne. 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 Uh, and I am excited. It's really close to the beach. But at the same time, all of the improv stuff that I want to get involved in is actually here. Is I, it? Yeah, it's okay. like a West Hollywood area, Hollywood, like Second City. Uh, Groundlings? Ground, I don't know where the Groundlings are. That was the one I wanted to look up. It's nearby. It's like 10 minutes away from here, so it's pretty close. It's not too far. Octavia Spencer and Dax Shepard were on both on the Groundlings at the same time. Shit. Okay, so let's go there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I just heard them talking on the podcast, and they're beautiful. They just. Uh, I love Octavia Spencer. She's, she's so, so cool. She's so, so cool. fun, and like I, I just I, she seems like one of those people that when you meet her, she will genuinely care for you. Yeah. If if you deserve it, obviously. I'm, yeah. I'm sure she's well aware of giving love and support to those who, who are kind back. But uh, I'm sure even even maybe more so than that. I don't know. 
She seems like a very giving person is what I'm trying to say. Her first film that I saw was The Help. And I, the thing that sticks in my mind is her pie. <laughs> I actually haven't seen it. You haven't seen it? talking about it on the podcast. Okay, I really not, want to see it. I'm not going to say which. Never mind. I'm not going to say what happens. But you got to see the that pie. film. Now all I'm going to be the thinking pie. about is the pie. You will remember that. <laughs> the pie. I will know when I see it. I'm sure of that. That and uh, what's that that film with Chris Evans and it's 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 Snowpiercer. Have you seen Snowpiercer? Is Octavia Spencer in Snowpiercer? Yeah, I have seen Snowpiercer. It's really? been a long time. I don't think she's, she's in it a lot. I don't remember. But oh, I think you're right. And she does I get shot it. though. She yeah, it's fucking. I mean, they that's all a, that, they have a show now for Snowpiercer. Really? Yeah, it looked interesting. I don't know. Yeah. The movie was. I mean, I don't think it got great reviews. I enjoyed it. I did too. Especially when they stick the hand out the window and freezes off. Yeah. Crazy. We should do that. We are next short film. Oh, I thought you meant like just in, in real life. In real life. We should, we should, do we that. should just stick <laughs> our hands out. <laughs> yeah. I am excited for the short film prospect though. And I think I think you and I, I think we have great ideas and I think bouncing them off each other and I, I always find it more productive to work with somebody because then I feel obligated to mm. show up for them. I mean, this is a people business. And that, that idea of, like, friends, you have to have friends in this business. Otherwise, I don't think you can survive. No. Because I, I like to think myself as very independent and very, like, I can do anything regardless of anybody. But even now, even today, I was, like, thinking about quitting everything. But then you came in and then just reignited my, and, like, reminded me of why I, I'm pursuing this. And yeah. pursuing this career so it's like you have to have friends because it's collaborative i think that's also like why we love the the form so much is because it is collaborative yeah yeah it's such a communal thing to do yeah um and i love it because you're constantly meeting new people and oh i love that sharing viewpoints and arguing about things and yeah (laughs) the good and the bad obviously there's a very ugly side to this business but i really hope to avoid it as much as i can fingers crossed but I don't, think, I don't think necessarily avoiding it is the best option. I think it's, it's coming to terms with it yeah. and knowing how to work past it and yeah. having a good support system around you, right. which I'm lucky to have. Numero uno, me, in Koreatown, you got a supporter. Numero uno. <laughs> is that how you say that? Numero. Yeah, numero, numero uno. Okay. I was wondering where you were going with that. <laughs> I had no idea where I was numero going with that. Numero uno. <laughs> I was like... You want to play Uno? Yeah, I have. I don't have Uno. I do have cards. Well, listeners, thank you so much for listening to episode four of D-Dog Talk. This has been an awesome conversation with you, Chris. Thank you for having me. Yes. Unexpectedly. Yeah. Isn't unexpected things amazing? That's it what is. I'm trying to get across to everybody else. You there. should write a book about unexpected things and then, like, unexpectedly just drop it out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Um, well, cool. Well, listeners, you can check out all of Chris's social media links and also the donate link for his short film, The Novelist, which will be coming out in March. Uh, we don't have a release date. Okay. It will be coming out this year. I'm assuming sometime in the summer, hopefully. So keep your eyes peeled for that. And uh, yeah, keep tabs on our journeys here. And hopefully you'll see a short film from both me and Chris in the future. Thanks, listeners. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>